that or getting like day 93 right. under the dome with necessities oh, growing nice dangerously nice. low who knows what spark will hot set off this I would make a lot I'm not saying it's possible I mean yeah first of its kind the first dome anyway, anyway. I do feel like the ideal scenario for any podcast ever is inside of a hot tub Right, and we're and we're back to our our old ways of just talking through the entire intro from beginning to end, which is fine, you know. I'm okay with it. This is a little peek behind the curtain. The third start, the first time we started, I was not recording. The second time we started, I came in hot with some shit I shouldn't say. <laughs> and so now we're on the third time around, and you know what? I'm going to keep it to myself this and time, And I folks. fucked it up by speaking over the intro. My bad. Yeah, well, well, let's just run it back. Yeah, let's, let's do, do another no, one. No, no, no. We can't do a fourth time. A fourth time, and I'm out. Uh, I mean, I guess I wouldn't be out, but I, I would be I would be the fourth times the charm is what you're there, saying. It does become each time you restart the podcast, it becomes a little less of uh, the magic is lost every time that you do a little re hard reset. Yeah, it's definitely weird. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's not the worst that we've had. I remember there's been uh, at least two times where we've gone through the entire hour of recording just to be like, oh, we didn't record any of that, which is strange because usually like we'll take a break at at a right. certain point to go pee or whatever. But these were specific occasions where we didn't have to do any of that. And we just sat and talked to each other like like people have been doing for thousands of years and <laughs> didn't record it. And it was actually probably kind of beautiful. Right. Uh, I remember doing that and then recording a whole entire other podcast immediately after and being like, ah, the second one was probably better. <laughs> Yeah, well, hopefully that happens this time, folks. Hopefully uh, the third one's better. You know what happened to me today? Well, let's uh let's do our fucking intros maybe. Maybe that'll like reset okay. where our 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 state of minds here. Intro the pod. We're we're this is Dome Bamphomania, the world's greatest freestyle rap comedy podcast. <laughs> if the beat drops while we're talking about it, we have to rap about have it. Have to. I got David Haddad sitting across What up? From Government me name at Sultan Satire. That's it. And, you know, I'm your boy Bubba at Bubba Y2Ys. And, of course, uh, as sometimes, we have our third mic to keep us in check. Big Dick to, Rich. To mediate <laughs> the damn discourse. Big you know, Dick Ratchet. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. To play devil's advocate in every exact in instance. Ironically, because he's very Catholic. Yeah, dude. I mean, that that's something that we discussed the other day while you were gone. We were like, Richard's not even... <laughs> Yo, Richard doesn't even believe uh, what Richard thinks he believes. Uh, he's about to go to Belize uh, and fucking adopt a niece. I'm adopting a niece because I'm Catholic. Yo, I love adopting this whack shit. Yo, I got a niece. Yeah, if you please, would we go over to Belize and get a niece, not a nephew? Oh my God, I'm about to run through this offspring. Uh, I just got catfish. Yo, this bitch told me she was Catholic. Uh, and then I pull up like, ah, shit, uh, we can't go out, bitch, uh. And it's Ash Wednesday, I'm the Catholic wow. say, oh my god, yo, I just started Lent, hey, yeah, I'm over here relentless, oh my god, I am pensive. Rosaries, rosary, uh, I am not where I'm supposed to be, nope, uh, I should be in the confessional, damn, talking to Father Reginald. 
is there a podcast that just takes place in a confession booth? Because that might be the next like gimmicky pod. Like, yeah. there should be a priest that hosts a podcast that takes place in a confession Yo, booth with uh, fake, fake uh, confessions. No, so no, they should be real. But uh, like the people it's who against their their vows. And, and the podcast is called "Forgive Me, Father, for I Have Cast." But what if it was all anonymous? <laughs> I mean, yes, I, I didn't mean boss. to talk over that. That was a good yes. Forgive me, Father, for I have cast, or like. Yeah, that's probably the best one. I'm trying to think of other ones. Not to not to no, no, one that, up you. I, or I, I, I want confession, like, confessions of a podcaster. I don't know. That's that's a, that's pretty gay, but I like <laughs> it still. Um uh f- uh 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 like podcast. Pod uh 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 pod mass. This is our our father who art in uh who art in heaven podcast be thy name that's bad and on that we can end the bit folks we should have ended he's it. not funny we should have ended it so much sooner <laughs> we should have just stopped with my first thing yeah that was actually really good and that was probably the best it was gonna get yeah the yeah. beat was called cruising by oliver zang dude i got a gift card today from a customer guess how much uh, was it the same customer that gave you the the gift card last? Christmas? Different different customer. Met her today. She gifted me something today. It was like a it was like a one night stand customer. Hmm. I'm gonna say thirty five dollars. No, that's too high. Uh, okay. fifteen bucks to Starbucks. Twenty five. Ooh, that's not bad, dude. Not better than you, that's better than your dude. Business. A stranger. I, I'll give a homie twenty five. I like. I'll give a family. But you me- expect it back. I'll <laughs> give a family member fifty. A stranger twenty five. That's more than my hourly wage. You must have fucking hooked them up with a amazing deal. Yeah, but yeah, she's I, probably making. I fucking a lot more than fingered that. her under the table. It was insane. Whoa! Is this a, so wow. this was a sexual wow. liaison. Well, I mean, she was a teacher, and you know what they say: to teach is to touch the future. <laughs> that's that's not what I've heard. I've heard if you can't do teach. <laughs> Oh, there's something so much wrong with that statement. Okay, Rich, I'm, I'm really glad we're doing it. To, to touch the future? Come on, man. Here's, here's what's funny. Students. Uh, she did this thing where she asked me, because I, I always print out this quote, and then I try to confuse them by speaking quickly and then circling the total monthly and have them agree. And that's really the tactic. And she was... Just so everyone knows. Yeah, if somebody is circling papers quickly aggressively in front of you maybe reread that (laughs) shit before you sign anything and then uh she was especially if it's a brown arab man (laughs) with hand tattoos and she was like um let me do you get paid for this and like she pointed at one of the features on the plan she's like listen because i worked at a travel agency this this and that and i was like you know what you're being honest with me so i'm gonna be honest with you i don't give a shit about this i don't care about this the only things that benefit me on this uh, paper are this thing and this thing, and honestly, they only benefit me a little bit. It's not a huge deal if you don't do it. And she was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to get these things because they benefit you. What else benefits you? And I was like, well, if you got a credit card, that would help me out. And she was like, all right. So she got a credit card, too. This is a, a salesperson's dream, yeah. this, this human being. They're like, how can I help you? You you were trying to sell this on helping me, and but you she, know what? I'm going to flip the script real quick. And How can I help you as a salesperson? To scam me. It was totally weird because she was pissed at the person who greeted her at the front. And then by the end of the interaction with me, she was so happy and bought everything that I recommended she buy. Plus, she gave me a gift card and she bought the person who pissed her off at the front a gift card. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. 
The psychology of human behavior is being tested right now. I almost now. feel like she was like recording a YouTube video for <laughs> like she's like, look at me gift these poor people some bullshit. I definitely felt like a poor person today. There were multiple times at work today where I was like, I should walk out right now and say, fuck this. Well, shit, you should have been where I was at today. Uh, I was shooting a, a promotional charity event for uh, a rapper, a famous Uno, very talented dude. Uh, and he gives back to his community. Oh, very Although cool. I did have to drive all the way out to Riverside. Which uh, was, it was like a whole hour there and then a whole hour back. But you know what? It felt good. Uh, it's funny because <laughs> promotional charity Whoa. is a concept that regularly scares me. Because, oh, are we promoting this? Are we promoting myself and my piss? Uh, please make a charitable donation uh, across the entire Christian nation. Uh, I'm promotion, uh, promoting the, the things that I fucking love, man. If you got the notion, maybe start promoting this Whoa. potion that gets you more motion Whoa. on your fucking YouTube channels or maybe Instagram, yo. I just want to know. Uh, yeah, all I want to do is promote. And maybe I'll go do a ballad and boat. And yeah, I might hop on a boat and then find somebody to play a couple notes in the piano. Play a couple notes in the piano. Yeah, I'm so fucking high right now with all my bros. I can barely rap. I can't keep the pros. Uh, not I'm at not all. a pro. I don't even know. Last, oh, sorry. Last no, two beats were cruising by Oliver Zhang and The Spot by Lethal Needle. Go ahead, Richard. No, I had an interesting experience today. I, I, well, I, went, I, went I was about to go into a thing well, about my oh, thing. No. <laughs> I thought I thought you were still rapping. Did I did I interrupt something? I thought I was just bringing. Well, no, up I was going to talk about the charity event that. Yeah, I, yeah, tell yeah, us yeah, about the charity, about and that. then we'll come back to Richard. <laughs> yeah. This is a new subject. That's why. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, uh, I was going to talk about. Uh, so it's it's a, I don't like it. It seems like a regular thing that a lot of rappers do on their uh, promotional materials via Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever, to just like donate a bunch of money to things like I, I don't know if you recall there was a, a pretty egregious one that happened with uh blue face you guys remember blue face yeah the Thatiana yeah. rapper Bust um, he uh he went down to skid row with a bunch with like fifty thousand dollars in small bills and was just like tossing it off the top of his range rover or whatever and that to me optically not good promotional charity. No, not great. <laughs> when you see a bunch of crackheads scrounging on the ground. That's for, sad. It's dark. It's fucking dark. You're making it rain on the homeless? Like, what the fuck is that? Like, the 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 humiliation or, like, the the emasculation that comes from picking up money off the ground makes it almost not worth picking up the money. That's almost the, one of the biggest motivators at strip clubs is throwing money in and making women grab it off the ground. Like that is part of the, the power that you get out of I'm that. Not, that, Whoa. that. That's something that you've concluded. No, not, not me, not me personally. I've gotten got by these strippers. They're, they're definitely the more powerful ones, but these rappers want to throw money around and feel powerful at the club. And that's the same thing with Blueface at Skid Row, the charitable donation should be done in private. So you think he gets the same kick out of a homeless person fighting another homeless person for money on the ground, like 25 bucks on the ground, Yeah, that he does some chick waving her titties in front of him? It's, it's exactly the same. It's, it's, the, it's the juxtaposition of 
Look at all this shit that means nothing to me that is so important to you that I'm willing to throw it on the floor and it's so important that you're willing to scramble eggs back to get it. Damn, dude. Is that from a different pod? Uh, yeah, we might. that might have ah, been from that the... Was the lost. That we might have lost that bit in the re-record. <laughs> I'm referencing things that don't exist. All that being said, though, I will say this was a relatively tasteful rap-oriented charity event. Uh, dude uh, got a bunch of uh, like super soakers and like bubbles and fucking a couple of copies of Madden uh, 2021 oh. and a, a few other select choice items and was like, uh, I, at the end of the day, regardless of how like tasteful this iteration of charity was, because yeah, he did still hire me to film it for promotional material. Uh, I, I didn't get the vibe that it was, you know, something totally self-indulgent. No, it was positive. Uh, that being said, there were some people getting some toys from these dudes that were definitely getting more toys than they needed. I swear to God. There, there were a couple of shameless individuals with, you know how uh, it's very popular out here to have the 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 carts, the the folding carts yeah, that you yeah. get groceries and then walk them back to your house with because you want to save your parking spot. Just people were, f there was at least two people that had filled up an entire one of those carts with just super soakers and and Barbie dolls and and bubble uh, guns, and it was like. You don't have this many kids. You're taking advantage yeah, yeah, of a yeah. gift giveaway. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, there were still like extra gifts. They didn't even give away all the gifts. Yeah. But like, but still, that's fucked up. That person lacks the awareness to feel enough shame socially the fact to that not were, do that. This yeah. wasn't even just like an event that uh, the famous Uno was hosting. This was like a an attached event to this uh, uh, like sort of swap meet christmas thing like lowrider event like there i was at this uh i was at uh it was a big thing fairmount park in riverside and there was a ton of cool lowriders and everyone like walking their mutant dogs around yeah. and whatnot uh it was sick uh and and so he decided to have the event there and you know you know that kind of event is going to attract all kinds of people and of course there was a few dudes and women that were there just to Take awesome. advantage of the situation. But for the most part, it wasn't like that. Damn, but, that's so weird. I mean, it, it is weird that you film yourself doing charity. There is a layer of that that is weird, especially and this. I'm not saying about this instant specifically. This is just something that occurs on the Internet a lot like those emotional videos of, oh, I'm going to I'm going to buy this homeless man uh, a new pair of shoes and I'm going to film it. And yeah. then you wouldn't believe what happened. And I'm like, all right, why not just buy this man some shoes and not fucking film it and tell me about it? Like, I get it. You have a YouTube channel, but this is more about you than about the homeless. At man. the end of the day, videos like that mostly serve to embarrass the people that is making the video. Like as a as a country, we've come to the conclusion that videos like that are cringe. Yo. Yeah, that shit's cringe as fuck. You should fucking wish that you didn't suck. Yeah, because you took advantage of a dude on the street. Yo, so you could get that YouTube heat. Yo, I got the YouTube views off of this dude who got holes in his shoes. Ooh. 
Cause I fucking got some Barbie dolls and a super soaker for my cousin. Yo, watch me buy a couple watches for these dudes living out in Watts, kids. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to help them. Yo, but buying them things and filming it. Yo, I'm filming it, yo, so I can have proof that I got the toys for the youth. Yo, I gotta give them, I hope they don't boof the toys because I don't want those for the boys. Uh, I only do nice things if somebody is directing and writing, uh, the event closely, uh. (laughs) Oi, but, uh. I can't remember where I was on that. You were at the thing. Those people took advantage. You promote the promotional Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, despite the people that were obviously there to just get a bunch of toys, it ended up being a good-ass event. A ton of people. Like, they had a a shitload of food. Like, the whole thing was catered, and they had a long line of people waiting for food, and everyone was fed. And then uh, Famous Uno went and found some like street vendor who was just pushing a cart around with like ice cream and shaved ice and uh like uh those like chinese crackers or whatever you know the, yeah yeah I, can't, I don't know what yeah chinese pretzels which i'm sure there's a mexican version that he was actually peddling it was they weren't chinese pretzels that's just what we call them in hawaii They're just covered in tagine uh the mexican I'm not, version i'm not sure maybe um but like he just found that dude and was like, get over here, bought paid, him out, paid him and was like, feed all these kids ice cream and ices. Yo, and, this dude's uh, balling. He must yeah. have had a nice budget. Maybe. I felt a little underpaid, but I was like, yeah, it's charity. I'm doing this for the kids as well. Yeah, I felt I good it. about it at the end of the day. It was a well-organized event. Uh, uh, technically, it was religiously oriented, but yeah, I, I worked past that. It, I got past it, and I was like, I can respect this. It's like how a bunch of alcoholics are like, you know what? AA is a great organization. You know, there's some things that I don't like about it, but it really helped me get through this shit. Yeah, it's like, I mean, apparently in AA, uh, one of the main facets of it that is that you have to admit that you personally cannot control your addiction and that you must submit to a higher power. Yeah, this is like people go to the meetings to be part of something even though they probably disagree with a lot of the shit, but they're just trying to not be alone. Oh, a hundred percent. Which I wish I could go to a meeting for all the McDonald's that I've eaten this week. There needs to be that exists. Yeah. But I don't want it to be like, I don't want to be the, the, the least fat person there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be with the morbidly obese people. And I'm like, because you don't actually have an eating disorder. It's because it's psychosomatic. It's, it's like the same, like comparatively, how I am technically an alcoholic, but I'm high functioning where you're like a high functioning fataholic. Yeah. Overeater where you just, you look at the, the, the concept of AA or, uh, uh, overeaters anonymous. Is that what it's called? Yeah. It's, it's actually a thing. And you are like, I'm not weak. Like those guys, I got my own shit going on. (laughs) I know what, what's good. And I think it's a, I think it's a similar vibe. It's weird. It's it's like under control, sort of. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> but not really. But I can only imagine. Uh, it, it reminds me of that scene in um, how, not How High. Uh, what's the Dave Chappelle uh, stoner movie? Uh, Half Baked. Half Baked, where he's going to um, nar- Narcotics Anonymous. And he's talking about how he's addicted to weed. And the guy and Bob Saget's like, I suck dick for crap. Yeah, I suck dick for coke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I sampled that. Oh, you did? In a song with some people. That's a good one. Bob Saget, man. That dude 
was I respect that dude because he like leaned in to this uh, idea that he was a, a dirty comic that was like relatively clean. He wasn't extremely dirty at all. He was just a normal ass comic. But yeah. because he did Full House, people were like, "This guy's dirty as shit." Yeah, yeah. He's he swears on stage. And then he laid in. And it. then he was like, oh, well, maybe I'll just start saying cunt as well. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> People and love really, that. And really start getting getting vulgar with it. Uh, the last beat was Invasion by Bitowski. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, it's the day after Christmas. And and we're hoping oh, you got some. Really? We hope, we're hoping you're not impoverished and you were able to get a few gifts or something. It's um, also the day after we recorded a pod just yesterday. So <laughs> if, if you're wondering why we got nothing, <laughs> we got we got plenty other than of the, shit. The, then what we did today. What did you what did you do uh, on Christmas, Richard? Imagine this is the day after oh, yeah. Christmas. Yeah, because you're going to be in Hawaii for Christmas, right? Let's just picture that. Oh yeah, uh, hanging out with family. What'd I'm you excited. get them? You get them stuff. Uh, you I you spent oh, yeah. a lot Let's of money. Let's talk on your about family. this. Yeah, you went to the mall today. Yeah, well, you and went and Christmas and shopping. And he went Christmas shopping before he went last time. Like, yeah. which was a surreal experience because I didn't expect malls to still be like a mall was today. It was like, full. Like not only full, but there was lines for like dropped items, like oh, yeah, multiple yeah. lines Wait, at different shops. Dropped items, like shit that released. Recently. Could be released. Oh. There's lines out the doors at, <laughs> at like multiple places. I'm I retarded. Like, I th- I was like. Someone dropped something in the store, <laughs> yeah. and people are lining up to get it. Yeah, but it it was it was weird because like honestly, I'm one of those. Yo, somebody just dropped something, uh, and I'm just here standing, waiting in line, hoping I can get it. Yo, I got that money, I'm gonna spend it. Ooh. Yo, new item just dropped, hell yeah. Oh. Yeah, you know me, it's Christmas time. Hey, yeah. I'm about to go. Yeah, Christmas day. Get a bunch of presents for my family. Uh, I'm at the mall. I'm about to ball. Uh, in my pocket, I got a whole fucking ball. Uh, of the fucking bills. Yeah, the Benjamins. Uh, throwing them around, yeah, for me and my friends. Yo, Whoa. I throw the Benjamins around on Christmas time. Uh, yeah, you know me. I'm about to come up with a rhyme. Uh, a rhyme for Christmas. Yo, I miss this. Uh, Everything I do is for the gifted. Shopping. Shopping. Yeah, it's toxic. How I consumeristically go shopping. Yeah, you know me. I see it. Then I cop it. Put it in my pocket, take out my wallet. Yo, I, I gotta buy the wallet. Then I go and get clout. Then yeah. I take the gift and put it in my mouth. In your mouth? Um, he's bought a dildo. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, but if 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 you've ever received a dildo from me as a Christmas present, just know I have throated that thing before <laughs> it, before it eventually ended up. In that box, got to make sure it's got to make sure it's a it's a it's a good quality item, you know. I do like the idea of gifting someone something like incredibly inappropriate, under the guise that they're gonna maybe open it in front of their entire family. That's the that's the hope, but also um, that's a great way to completely uh, destroy a friendship. I remember uh, we shouted <laughs> uh, our boy Ron out on last week's pod, but he, he gifted me. Uh, I remember in sixth grade, he gave me a Simpsons comic book and we went to a conservative Christian uh, elementary school slash high school. And I had to as soon as I was gifted the thing, this was like a a class gift exchange thing that we did. So I was gifted the thing and I I immediately had to hide it because it was like, oh, shit. But of course, the teacher's like, oh, what did Ron get you? And I'm like, ah, well, (laughs) Uh, you know, I showed it to her and she's like, obviously disappointed. And she was like, well, guys, let's just make sure our gifts are appropriate. I still got to keep the book. Yeah. At the end of the day, it wasn't confiscated. It was still a gift. 
and I still have that thing. Shout out to Ron again. Technically, should have been confiscated. Yeah, you guys' school sucked. I feel Dude, bad. Dude, it was wildly bad. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't learn shit. I, I thankfully went to a, like, actually good school until I was 16. The issue was my sophomore, or no, my junior and senior year, when I went over to my Christian boarding school, uh, which is basically just summer camp with books, sort of, and then a bunch of extracurricular shit, I ha- immediately acknowledged how... It wasn't actually school. It was like pseudo academic because I had just gone through like Spanish Catholic school where you actually had to study and work really hard. And I was like, oh, so I can just hang out and like try and make these white women laugh, which is my calling in life. And then just overeat at this place where my parents don't live and really dive into my type two diabetes seriously. I really hate harping on the subject, but, uh, at the end of the day, there's it's just a well of material. I don't know if you remember this, Richard, but in our history books uh, in high school, the they mentioned the Beatles. There was like a, a, a small s- section of like musical history in our history textbooks, and the Beatles were mentioned as like a negative thing. <laughs> People, th- it was it was delivered to us historically that the the day that the Beatles became popular was also the day that music died. No, it was. <laughs> It, from what I can remember, it was more of like a feeling of like this was a chain, a moment in history where times changed to where the people, the generations before, saw that as an evil turning point where I'm, it's going to drive. I'm telling you, this was a to, specific passage that no, was no, written in the history book. I'm told, I'm told, the day the music died. I'm, I'm agreeing that, with you, but the 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 lesson there to learn was that the generations thought it was going to be a terrible thing, and it turned out that the Beatles were what they were and some people consider them bad some people consider but that them wasn't good. the lesson the lesson was specifically related to the fact that the beatles went on this media tour when they were blowing up and uh fucking john lennon at one point uh when they were like yeah so what do you think about all this popularity he was like oh it's crazy it's like we're bigger than jesus oh yeah they hated and, that and then boom that was it for the beatles as far as right-wing america is concerned that one line and it was just meant as like Oh, it's like we're a religion. It's like we're so popular. One could compare our notoriety to that of the Christian religion. That was all that was the context of what was said. <laughs> yeah. And then people took that and ran wow, with it. They were like war words. <laughs> I know, dude. I, <laughs> I remember. I remember uh, our our history professor, <laughs> professor, our history teacher, talking to us about. That specific incident. Should, in the you, shouldn't, you shouldn't call him a teacher. That well, person who taught you history. No, no, he actually did have a history <laughs> oh, okay. degree, uh, if I'm not mistaken. It, it yeah, he had a bachelor's degree. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, technically counts. So it's like if Richard was your teacher. Yeah, although uh, <laughs> no, you know. not at all, because some people are born to teach. <laughs> Richard, and others are had. others are born to touch. Dave, uh, that's just a call back to no, my thing just, earlier. I know. I'm just saying, keep them separate. Okay. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I only teach. People who are, you know, about to Willing be Willing to be taught. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's absurd that a, a educational textbook would try and draw that hard of a line for something that is totally objective. Hey, yeah, I get if someone says they don't like the Beatles, well, I'm like, sure, that's fine. I get it. But I don't think you know that much about musical history at hey, the end of the you day. You know what? Like, Lennon should have kept Jesus out of his mouth because it didn't end well for him, did it? You know? God's you, wrath. You know what's funny is that the dude that murdered John Lennon was motivated by that quote specifically. 
Right. It was he. He was fighting for Christ. Yeah. He, he was. He was a vessel. Of, well, he was of also our Lord and Savior. He was also pissed that the Beatles were like portraying this like hippy dippy sort of uh, outward appearance, but they were all millionaires. Yeah, yeah. At it, the end it, of the day, it, it, that I do kind of hate how paradoxical and hypocritical that is because it is true that they started off being hippy dippy and then as the wealth rolls in they're just like well we're just gonna make bonkers ass music and go to india it's almost like as soon as the wealth started rolling in for the beatles they just did expensive hippie shit yeah like they went over to india and had the damn dharma they just lived with the that that fucking yeah yeah yeah. uh, mystical ass dude for several months Yo, yellow submarine, bro. Yeah, I'm the walrus, cuckoo, cuckoo. Yo, what do it do? I'm John Lennon. Who are you? Yo, I'm getting shot in my head uh, too. Yeah, I get along with a little help from my friends. Yeah, I'm whipping a Benz. Uh, with the Dalai Lama, he's my friend. Yo, I just wanna hold your hand, man. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary, yeah, she calls to me, and I blow it very oftenly. Yo, the shit that I smoke is so heavenly. Uh, yeah, me and Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Uh, yeah, I'm wearing Ribbons, I mean Ray-Bans, yeah. I'm throwing my hands up in the air, yeah, with my friends, man. Uh, uh the Maxwell Hammer. <laughs> Goddamn, yo, I'm in the slammer from murdering a whole bunch of people with this device. Yo, I don't know that shit wasn't very nice. Yo, I feel like let's go. Right? No, I, that that might be a keeper. What do you think, Rich? You a fan of the Beatles? I, I thought I thought that was a, a very tough uh, beat to do, and you guys fucking killed it. Really? You think yeah. so? Because that it, that was it, that, that was two seater by eighteen, and the one before that was Flow Million by. You ready for this? Only hard beats. All right. Did you guys I, find that beat easy or no? No, yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was really. No, it was easy. actually very hard to find. <laughs> nah, 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 that's not. What yeah, Richard but. set it up and I knocked it. Uh, damn, he uh, hate you fucking hit you. What, what else do you do in Hawaii, Richard? Any all nighters? Your schedule's all fucked, in my opinion. Well, I kind of wanted to bring it back to that conversation we were having because that was interesting as fuck. Were we talking about the Beatles? Well, yes, but how more of the how our education systems? Well. They use it as a tool, like everyone does. Like we obviously were in a non-denominational, uh, like a Protestant Christian type atmosphere, but we we have to recognize that these people are using uh, their faith as a spiritual tool to guide people to their way of thinking. Uh, that's done in any any culture that anywhere you go, like you had it wherever you were in the world when you were growing up. Like you can go anywhere. Everyone's wherever constantly being in yeah, wherever the fucking but jungle. But there's no perfect education system, right? But let me to- say this, Richard. There needs to be a separation of church and school because there are facts that can be taught that academically are correct, and there are theories that can be just speculated about by people who have strong beliefs about things that are not necessarily proven. You know what I'm saying? Like I believe there needs to be a divide between the subjects. Private like religion. Private religious schools are a method of segregating children so that they continue to believe things that are obviously ludicrous. But that's like kind of how religion in general works. You like they want you to get them young. That's a thing that is you preached have to. Right, on because Sunday. I can't convince an adult about yeah, this shit. It, because it's literally no, insanity. It's You're in like, the, it's oh, in, we got no, this talking snake that yeah, convinced yeah. us to know about right yeah, and yeah. wrong. And, if you, if and you that's bad. Take a rib out of me and make your girlfriend. No, it's about nurturing. It that You're called to it as your, that's your responsibility to nurture your 
your children into. No, no I get I get that 100 percent because they are of the belief that um, it they, is their calling to save this kid or else this kid's going to be damned. It's and, their you know, responsibility. Well, no, yes. I, I would argue that it is nefarious in a sense. I think that a lot of Christians know that the ideal time to convert an individual is in their youth. Like uh, to a, to a vast extent, like I've heard of people that have, have fallen for the whole religious thing up until they're like in their early twenties and shit. So it's definitely a part of the discourse. I mean, it's in the Bible. Like it's, he like, it's written that Christ wants the kids. Yeah, Yeah. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's well, because you you construct your perception of reality around this paradigm that is built when you're young. It's and it's so and it's so easy to take your kids to church with you. I mean, it's technically illegal to leave them at home. <laughs> so, like, I don't, it would be wild to me if if uh, there was if there existed a Christian family of just the parents. <laughs> Say the parents are Christian and they have these young kids, and they want to allow their kids to choose whether or not to be Christians. What a thought. Wouldn't that be wild? So they don't take them to church with them and tell them that all this is true. They let them decide for themselves whether or not all this is true. And the natural conclusion is there's no more fucking Christians anymore. Because they're going to reach a certain point point. they're going to be like, oh, well, history and science exists. I'm not going to go for this. Well, and that's the thing. Like, mature like well-versed uh, Christians, especially intellectuals are very skilled in fighting doubt and they teach their children how to combat the reasonable doubt with this other, like sort of intellectual uh, faith-based battle where you're like, all right, I just, I need to trust. And these doubts are a good thing. It's good that I'm being challenged by evil and overcoming this makes me better. It makes me stronger. And then you sort of like, Fuel this delusion over and over again, and then all of a sudden you're 76. It reminds me of a very specific conversation I had with a theology student of our uh, alma mater. Think about this. Going to school to study fake shit. Yeah, so this dude, um, uh, we were having a discussion. At the time, I had just freshly abandoned my faith, and he was like trying to convince me about faith in general and the fact that it's powerful, that he recognizes that there's a one in one billion, one trillion percent chance that what he believes is actually true. He's like, that's where the the power of faith is. It's like all the odds are against <laughs> that what I believe is true. There's so much evidence against it, and there's so much logical fallacies in it, but I believe it anyway, and that's where the power of faith resides. And I'm like, have you ever convinced anyone with this argument? Yeah, it's a bad argument. I don't think it's a very good argument, no. You know, the, the one thing that I was convinced by that I almost convinced my atheist girlfriend of at one point I was like, I remember looking at a, a spider and a spider web, and I remember telling her, doesn't, That's a classic one. doesn't this seem intentional? Like, how could this accidentally become a thing? And I remember her being like, oh, yeah, that is kind of... And that split second of considering it, I felt like I had won. I was like, oh, yeah, there we go. There we go. God exists. And and who would ever imagine that maybe spiders also have brains and, <laughs> and can come up with complex patterns well, outside yeah. then, of our understanding? And then if you if you literally go past the, the thought process just a little bit, you realize, oh, 
spiders evolved to do this for many reasons. Yeah, it's called a net. They're trying to catch as many <laughs> motherfuckers as possible. It's actually dark and scary. Have you ever seen and, fucking and, Prisoner of Azkaban? Or if, you, if you've ever seen, like, the fucking, uh, uh... Spiders on illicit drugs. This Whoa. dude, he fucking dug. Got some drugs. Fate fed him to some spiders, bruh. Yo, these spiders started making some crazy Whoa. webs off the acid and the fentanyl and PC ped. Yo, I got this motherfucking arachnophobia. Mm. Yup, cause I'm scared of spiders. Damn. Yeah, you know me, I got the morbid, bro. Uh, yeah, I'm super scared. Yeah, that shit got legs and it's also hairy. God yeah, uh, that shit around me God is damn. creepy yeah, and I swallow them at night. Yo, keep these arachnids from me and all my kids. Whoa, yeah, whoa. I don't wanna fuck with them. Eight legs, they ain't my friend. Nah. Yo, I don't know. Yo, these spiders i don't care if they're in my shirts i just want them out of her that would be so absurd yo every single day when i walk by yeah i see Ooh. a motherfucking spider on the corner yeah. i don't want to touch that shit yo because you know that it's poisonous there <sighs> there with all that you guys did say there's a lot in this world that is unexplained and things that people can't explain either way give us an example uh, miracles that happen. All right. What miracles? Give us an example. I'll okay. say it again. Uh, the Lady of Fatima. Uh, the, these children uh, saw the lady appear to them, and she told them about how Russia was going to uh, – over their uh, government was going to grow to be this big threat. And, it, has uh, this been corroborated by yeah. anything other than by these children? Yeah. Right. Well, uh, Thousands of people did pilgrimages while this thing was present for over like 30 hours or something like that and all of it came true all of that they prophesied came true here's what i need but i mean here's the thing i need the this last th recorded uh instance of uh, this happened in 1917 i'm like that's I've, that's in the 1900s yeah right? but is we there, can't trust is, the is, records is there from a, anything there's pictures there's there's film like they were there's technology there, what do you mean there's film <laughs> like, and technology on, what are you 1917 talking about? 1917 Richard, here's what I need. I need right before the war. I need a 20-minute YouTube video with science footage in denial. We talked We talked about this last week about the invention of the television. 1917. There was not a lot of TV going around. The earliest version of the TV was in the 20s, and then there was. I'm just saying you can look around, and there's miracles that are unexplained by science, and people can't explain them. Magnets. How the fuck do they work? But you need to give us some fucking no, no. Don't don't ask him to give you anything. Here's what I'm gonna say. Literally everything that humanity has assumed is a miracle, then time passes and we prove it. And then the things that, I, that we can't prove right now, time will pass and we will explain a reason as to why. Whether there is some type of like thing that seems miraculous, there is an explanation for it. Maybe the explanation is something that is uh, on a level spiritual and we don't exactly know, but... Literally, whatever we think is supernatural is just something that we don't understand. How about I uh, dig into this real quick? The beginning of spring, 1916, three shepherd children, children of farmers. Seriously, they've got E. coli in their fucking soup. Uh, reported three apparitions. Oh, they get one apparition apiece. That's convenient. Uh, of an angel in Valinjos. Uh, and starting on the 13th of May, 1917, in Cova da Aria, six apparitions of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who the children described as a lady more brilliant than the sun. Right. Where did this happen? Where? France, I think. 
this oh, I'm doing a Spanish accent. Um, <laughs> right, because it would never happen in fucking Compton. You know what I'm saying? It has to happen in bum fuck me. nowhere. Uh, I don't know. In Cova da Iria, where is that? Let me just. It's in Portugal. The last two beats were two seater by eighteen and Burton by Balance Cooper. Um, the children's accounts were deeply controversial, drawing intense criticism from both secular and religious authorities. A provincial administrator briefly took the children into custody, believing the yep. prophecies were politically motivated in opposition to the officially secular First Portuguese Republic. Damn, dude, the Portuguese were ahead of shit at the, at the time. Um, the events of the 13th of October became known as the Miracle of the Sun. Uh, the woman wore a white mantle edged with gold and held a rosary in her hand. Uh, although, while the women had never told anyone about seeing the angel, Jacinta told her family about seeing a, the brightly lit woman. Lucia, Lucia had earlier said that the three should keep this experience private. Uh, Jacinta's disbelieving mother told neighbors about it as a joke, and within a day, the whole well, look at these children. They got a picture of it on Wikipedia. These, like the way they used to take photos back in 1970, 17. They were like, just stand there. Well, it's because they, yeah, it was, it, it's like how you move your phone while you're taking a photo and it's blurry. Yeah. It was that times a thousand. They had to just hold the camera steady while it captured all the information. Um, Honestly, there's there's so much here. I, I want to get to the point where it's where it's debunked. Uh, in the following months, thousands of people flocked to Fatima, and uh, they were drawn by uh, reports of visions and miracles. Um, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Arthur Santos took the children into custody. Uh, it was a provincial administrator Ooh. took the children into custody jailing them before they could reach the COVID de area so one could argue that this was a preventative measure to hide the existence of this uh, religious miracle right so that that's that's evidence to the positive of that this was a real thing i'm pissed You're saying on this one that over seventy thousand people went to go check this thing out but not saying that 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 gives it credence was this not just a guy that dropped a statue of mary off somewhere and not didn't tell anyone, and then all of a sudden it turned into a thing. But it, it's it, not like it a social appeared, experiment. It only appeared for a little bit, and then it vanished. And I believe there was running water that a lot of people brought their sick and a bunch of cripples and stuff, and they were healed right after that. And it's it's still a place where you people go to pilgrimage. I got hope for prayers and for healing. I gotta find the. So there's a place where it's proven that you can heal the sick, and people don't go there. Well, anymore. at least in 1917, there was. Uh, the power it, of faith, man. Richard, you're so fucking dumb. Sometimes I want to kill well, myself. I'm, 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 I'm playing the devil's advocate, and you got to understand that this is one of the long, longest-lasting religions in in the human history for, for over thousands of years, and they've done so much. Long-lasting religions. Uh, I want to make an incision uh, in both my ears. Uh, Fucking steer my fucking shit. Yo, I'm heading down to the local river. Uh -huh. Yo, I'ma find a lady who can forgive your sins. Yo, Lady Fatima. Oh my God, yo, I, uh, it was uh, amazing, bruh. Uh, I'm spitting cold at the river. Uh, so icy, I fucking shiver. Uh, shiver, bruh. Yeah, rip out my liver. Uh, and fucking watch it quiver. 
When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Fatima reveals herself to me, bruh. Uh-huh. And over here, I'm over with my sisters, and we're gonna deliver the message. Uh, it's empirical that you and your friends believe this miracle. Uh, uh, and I'm hysterical thinking about this theoretical bullshit that Bro. didn't actually happen and it prophesied oh yeah the start of world war ii before it even happened very I, interesting. I think i was just about to get into that actually i was i, I feel like i uh was scrolling past that um uh in the marquis account he describes dr manuel formigayo the priest who interviewed Gayo. the children a banger in like two Gayo. seconds that was confusing. I, I, I touched two pads at once. My bad. That a yummy. Um, uh, the, the priest who interviewed the children during the apparitions, as alarmed by a discrepancy between a prophecy the children reported and current circumstances. According to the children, their apparition predicted that the First World War would end on October 13, 1917. But listen, Lucia, Dr. Markey reports <laughs> on the Formageo report, uh, the war is still going on. The papers. They give news of battle after the 13th. Oh, they're Jewish now. How can you explain that if Our Lady said would end that day? Oy vey. Lucia ex- replied, I don't know. I only know that I heard her say that the war would end on that day. I said exactly what Our Lady had said. The, the, so, the, the children are speaking with the conviction of a, of a demonic child in The Conjuring. But yeah. they also know that... Like while they while they have they basically just said I'm living my truth, yeah. their truth has been proven wrong, and they're just like I but don't know. Tur- That's what they told but me. But it comes to find out that they were probably right. Well, no, I mean it, it's true that, that it happened. The the war ended a year later, but it didn't happen when they said it was going to end. But who knows? Maybe. They they there's a, an allowance for a year buffer. No, Richard, in here's religious that's not, how, miracle that's not how miracles work. No, here's no. here's how they work. Okay, They're, so so you agree that no, it wasn't no, a miracle. No, 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 and that's not the that's not the prophecy I was talking. No, about. what I'm well, no, I'm talking about what has been recorded in history as I'm reading you from the reputable accounts of Wikipedia. Richard, what bothers me is that all of this shit is always vague enough that you have to be open to believing it, and then the argument is often. Oh, you're not susceptible. Therefore, it's you're you're never gonna be. If convinced. you don't believe it, then you don't have the faith. Yeah, yeah, but like if it's if it's obvious and clear and can be shown, it's not because there's it's not obvious on the other side because there's not enough evidence to contradict it. it like, like just because you don't have the belief doesn't necessarily mean that that belief you're, isn't. You're sort of requesting to evidence to counter something that should never require evidence. They How does the shit always happen the, in remote areas it, with a, a small group of individuals? Like we never cite it's aliens as a, as a large population. We never cite aliens in large groups. Uh, water never gets turned into wine when there's <laughs> nine fucking thousand people standing there watching. It always happens. A long time ago, in it's a only remote, four thousand. Yeah, yeah, or in a remote area with fucking six hillbillies, like it never happens at a large scale where we can I'm all. Confused. Confused. What's a long time ago? Two hundred years or a thousand years? I would argue that this uh, Fatima is just as credible as people who think that they see Jesus in their toast in yeah. the morning. That's one of the things that led me astray from religion. By the way, the last beat was outcast by Suda Killa. I remember always thinking. Oh, this shit in the Bible, it only happened back then. It doesn't happen to me now. It only happens to those people before. And now in modern days, it's not possible. There, but there's, it, other, there's other credible saints that have been canonized in the 19th century that have done miraculous things. Like Pope St. Pope Pius X like, has done crazy things 
where hearing people's confessions before they even come to him and telling and telling them their sins and like having the stigmata like bleeding during mass like while he's celebrating mass just randomly outbreaking in blood Richard, coming I think, down i think that's all just catholic myth dude everything you're talking about is just the the lady who still is, is alive with no pupils but he cured her of her blindness can you hear, you, you are, can find a picture of her on google if are, you want to search her are you hearing yourself speak right now i'm just saying these are these are unexplained things and they're explained through the faith that they believe i'm not saying that I, I believe that there's that the Catholic religion and everything they believe is true, but I believe that there is a higher power or their their faith gives them a certain ability that people that don't believe in a faith lack. I think that they are susceptible to things in a different way because when you are looking for shit in the world— you're going to find it. You know what I'm saying? If I fucking am online shopping for Corollas and it's a certain kind of red, that Corolla keeps popping up everywhere because my vision is, is susceptible to it. It's on my mind. So I'm paying attention to those things. I'm, I'm, I'm making it appear more frequently. And it's the same thing. I could thing. definitely agree with that. When That's you a true statement. When you believe in some shit, you start to make the world fit that, that so, yeah, paradigm of, of existence. Yeah, for sure. I can get that, but I, th I think religion is a little bit further evolved than that. That explains the hum human adaptability to our circumstances. We can adapt into our situations. It's but religion gives an outside perspective, and there is a spiritual realm. And I will never deny that because you get you get senses that there other there is other realms. And if that's your beliefs, then that's your beliefs. I want to piggy piggyback off of what David was just saying about like the whole noticing things and you associating it with your belief system. I think that because I spent so much time in the Christian religion, it has motivated my thought process even after the fact, now that I've left the religion. Uh, 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 yo, this is the worst episode that we've ever fucking done. Talking Christians with the hoes. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, this the worst fucking ep because I'm talking about the shits. I'm not funny like Mike Epps. I wish that I was. I wish that I was his cuz. And yeah, I touch my tuz. Yeah, I'm meeting bruhs. Yeah, I'm meeting brats. Yeah, I'm fucking thoughts. Yeah, I hate this pot a lot. Yeah, I'm drinking lots of pot. Yo, yeah, I'm eating brats with my homies out in Watts. Whoa. Everybody knows that we out the cookout eating meat. Yeah, you know we got the brat worse. Yeah, you know I satisfy thirst. Yeah, you know I'm over here rapping about the religion that I heard uh, from. Uh, what yeah. you know, I'm dumb. Uh, made dumb religion. Uh, what you know, my son. Uh, Father and Holy Ghost. Oh, they be doing the most. Oh, what you know, I don't know. Oh, nothing about anyone. Yo, uh, I still experience that shit as a non-religious person. Like, I will, I'll be like, I'll hear a thing like maybe someone will be like maybe like on the radio I'll hear someone just be like uh they'll be like oh and then that that was that thing was orange or whatever and then all of a sudden a big orange van will drive by me and I'll be like what the fuck and I'll be making these sort of connections about coincidences <laughs> right. absolute coincidences but I think that they're important connections because I still have that built-in entitlement yeah. that comes with religion. You're, you're making neuroassociations this like important special occurrence. Right. I think that this thing has been revealed to me for some reason when in actuality it's just a, 
like an incredible coincidence. It's just a shift in perspective. Something was brought to your attention and then you put two and two together and you were like, oh, what? that's strange. At the same time, yo, there are some times where it seems so coincidental that I'm almost like there is something going on here. But I recognize that it's not a thing because because that's like stage one of going into a manic schizophrenic episode is where you start like noticing patterns in your reality around you and you accept them as truth. And you're like, if this pattern is real, then this pattern is real. And then you fucking start tweeting about it and all of a sudden you are in a, a rabbit hole of delusion and you've ruined your life and career but at the end of the day luckily i know that these fucking patterns i'm noticing aren't real and i'm still you're cohesive still, enough you're, you're to recognize that. lost in it it's it's and i i also recognize that it's because of the mental abuse i've experienced in the past like the mental religious molestation yeah that i had experienced i could completely get behind that because like if you were in my mind then you would go even crazier that's what like, i'm saying i bet richard, I naturally richard sees these. uh richard sees the, <laughs> the 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 laundromat on the corner that's sir richard's laundromat or whatever and Shout he's just out. like am i a king <laughs> am i supposed to be a king what no. is this i i i have this this odd way of looking at life but tell me about it uh it's not that i believe in omens and shit but like things come across your path for you to be influenced in a certain way. And uh, we're constantly just getting bombarded by all these influences, whether it's religion, politics, money, stress, happiness, everything, everything is influencing you. And by recognizing that and allowing it to influence you, you become more free in your state of living. Right. The it's, it's like how to, how to battle addiction is recognizing the craving, but you shouldn't, uh, to, to clarify, what do you mean by allowing it to influence you? By allowing it to influence you is by stating it as a recognition of an influence. But, I think I know. But what I'm it, just saying, what if it's a bad influence? You shouldn't allow that you, to influence you. No, right? no, he's saying no. that you should because, recognize. Like I'm just saying, if if I'm like listening to podcasts and the hosts are saying things that I'm seeing come to life in front of me in my eyes, I should have the wherewithal to be like, this is a coincidence. It's because I have allowed myself to make these connections because of the uh like the spiritual entitlement that i have to where i think that maybe god is talking to me it's amazing how many times i've heard a pastor say the lord spoke to me this morning and that's why i'm like telling you guys this whatever right right so why couldn't just a regular ass dude perceive that from just something that they heard uh like on the radio or whatever and then seen it in real life and being like oh this is a connection. I've Yo, made. what a fucking full of shit statement. Uh, the Lord spoke to me this morning. Oh, it's the dude who created the universe. <laughs> the guy who created the goddamn existence that we he all live in. Okay, it's a it's a it's a double edged sword because in that way, shame. in that context, you're just like, all right, you're just being arrogant. And the other side of the thing is like, of course, he speaks to you in every breath you take. Richard, you're such a fucking bitch. <laughs> every breath you take. Um, bro, that, it's a good song, bro. Honestly. Every vow like, you break, every claim you stake, I'll be watching. Wait, you. is that See, even a Christian song? No, it's no, not. of course. It's about a it's literally about <laughs> a stalker. And then and then and then Puff Daddy comes in. Seems like yesterday we used to rock the show. I rocked the kids, you lost the flow. So am I hanging on the block for dope. And we're back to rush hour two, you know, guys. Notorious, you got to know that. Fuck yeah. 
Uh, man, I'm man. glad we got ourselves out the, of that bucket. Uh, <laughs> what if we take a quick break? I need to please. I need to do, refresh. Do two things. Well, let me just let me just real quick. The other day, uh, I I awkwardly tried to compare a thing that happened at my job to something that happened at, in rush hour two and no one co-signed it. I was <laughs> like, oh, this is like that scene in Rush Hour 2 where they, they did this thing and that happened and blah, blah, blah. And everyone just stared at me blankly. <laughs> and they're like, ah, it's been a few years since I've seen that movie. And I'm like, ah, you don't even know. Damn. Rush Hour 2. Yo, you better rush and watch that, dude. It's the best movie that's not on YouTube. You got to pay for that shit. Go to Amazon Prime or HBO, bitch. Yo, my co-workers, peers, and colleagues, I was hooting and hollering about that scene in that movie. Rush Hour 2 was groovy, and I was trying to get my co-workers to laugh and start crying. Specifically, it was the scene where Chris was very motivated to save the chicken. That brings us back. That's a callback. Listen, yo, Chris Tucker, that's a fact. Chris Tucker, all the way back to Chicken Run. This podcast is fun when we're not talking about the son of the Christ, the holy being. Yo, uh, my body needs yo, to start, start peeing. peeing. Yo, Woo! Yo, Hit him with the Chris. Let's refresh, but let's not come back to religion. Okay. I'm so down with let's, that. Let's take yeah. a vow. I'll be right back. are back from our confession and the last two beats were disgracia by enigma beats and burnout by is it, is it enigma beats or enigma beats? enigma i don't know why right. i said enigma i got an i got an you enigma. got smegma in your mouth i got smegma in my in my nostrils uh which which is worse would you get back with an old ex or move back in with your parents i mean are you not haunted by an old ex that you, you you did wrong and and you know that if you had just treated her right everything would be working out for I you. I kind of want to I kind of want to fuck all of my exes a little bit. Yeah, at the end of the day there's something special there, especially if it didn't end horribly, which I think as mature adults most of our exes it didn't end horribly. They, they it, might they might not like me that much, but they definitely tolerate me and still have communicated with me. What was the I go with material. Question? I go with material possessions at this point. I don't care about them necessarily. It's more about like what they if they're doing. You. If they're doing better than me, hell no. I don't. Oh, I don't. Okay. I don't want to be. Oh, I even thought you were take advantage and hop no, 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 on board. No, no, no. no. I mean, I mean, what are, are they like? Super nice to me and stuff. Should I be taking advantage of them? See that that all plays into it. What if they're super wealthy and you get to like you know you start dating them again and now they're taking you out to restaurants? You get a nice little beamer. Richard doesn't have to go to the fucking union. Oh, what, what was the original question? Which is worse, get back with an old ex or move back in with your parents? Move back uh, with your parents. Ah, uh, yeah, definitely that one. Because uh, redemption, think, everyone likes a good redemption story. And here's the thing: there's nothing wrong with moving back in with your parents per se. Uh, as long as you're confident about the la- this next to lateral move, because I mean we might as well be living with our parents. It's not like like as far as renting is concerned, it's not like we're technically in control of this whole situation here. Like we have a a parent right. who's a landlord, sort of. We don't have to deal with them commenting on how we're living our lives on a daily basis, right? But there's, uh, I feel like there's a monicum of that sort of influence in there. Uh, I mean, I think in, in 2021, about to be 2022, it's 
not that big of a deal to be living with your parents, honestly. Like the, 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 the fucking financial crash of 2008 pretty much made that a precedent. We're almost like China now where it's a normalcy for people to live with their parents up until in, they're in their mid thirties. I think in, in California, maybe, but in the rest of the U S it's far less frequent. I disagree. I think that, I think that it's a, a pretty common thing for uh, the, the youth in America to be graduating college and going back in their parent their parents' houses just as like, uh, it's almost like a strategic move. You pay less rent, Right, potentially no save, rent save money yeah uh and you, i don't and i don't blame parents who make their kids pay rent after they've you know turned 18 that right. makes sense to me i would probably charge my kids some rent but you know kid rent uh, I, yeah i it, always i always paid rent as soon as i uh as soon as uh i was out of call out of school that makes sense uh, right. honestly especially with a family as big as yours they probably well, set they my, had set they, so had my, they uh, tell me this richard had they not set that precedent because you've got a bunch of older siblings. You, yeah. Had they not set that precedent They set already? that precedent really early on. Yeah. Uh, especially, yeah, we had a troubled family. A lot of people get That makes sense. We had a lot of people get kicked out of the house, and then the next day they're back, and then my mom's well, like, he's he's staying. And well, my dad's like, no, he's gone. Well, this no, is just staying. to provide some context of what Richard is saying here. Like, his older siblings would have boyfriends and girlfriends that would just start living at their house. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because it's a it's a relatively large house. So, I mean, right. it's a relatively large family, so they needed a, a yeah. large house. It's a I love the my, I love the Moylan house. My parents are an exception because they they made their living quarters, their house, their home, to be greeting towards people in general. Like they always offer up an extra space. They 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 want their kids to stay. At home, you know what I mean. Help out around the house, uh, do and, chores, and, and they and they approved. Around. They approved the premarital uh, uh, conjugal visits. Oh, that's just one of those. What uh, do you mean allowances? Uh, premarital. What? Premarital, Richard. You don't know what that means. Before, Before marriage. marriage. I'm pretty sure you oh, got no, a no. nephew. Oh no, that's why. That's why we were used as like we were always stuck used. in the middle of. Yeah, yeah, all the kids, the younger kids, were always used as. Uh, what do you call those? Those people watch you. Chaperone. Chaperones. We were always right. put in the middle of all. Uh, that. Here, play with this Nintendo, little Tommy. I'm gonna go over here and. Yeah, I had five older sisters, so it was always the boys Hot. that ended up having to be like, "All right, boyfriend's over." You guys go play in that room. Richard, I'm not going to lie. Um, one of your sisters keeps on popping up in my Facebook friends, and I'm constantly like, that's just Richard with long hair. <laughs> yo, he's obviously talking about Maria. Maria, yo, you know I see ya. Shout out to Maria. Maria Moylan, yo, what's up, yo? Can I be your boyfriend? Uh, me and Maria Moylan, yo, we are not uh, on the same boy uh, pen. <laughs> Playpen, uh, yeah, I'm wearing Raven. I'm sensing how much you wanted to say, boyfriend, but it's okay, yo, Richard Moylan. I just did the same thing, so I gave you an allowance, much like Christians do when they be believing. Uh, yeah, Maria, I'm drunk, and yeah, I'm about to toke on the skunk. And yeah, this beat got a special kind of funk, and that's why I'm in my friend's suggestions. I mean, is her name even Maria? Nope. Or are we just making a joke about how he's Catholic? See ya. Uh, See ya later. I don't know. I'm not a hater. I voted for Ralph Nader. <laughs> that's a classic, Alex. 
uh, return to that was Evergreen by Temper and sorry Maria Moylan. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Hopefully she never hears this. Why would she hear this? Like because you, you get bored doing carpentry. So oh, so she's yeah, a carpenter I mean, I mean, also. She's dude, my favorite she's Moylan, bro. Really? More than this guy? Oh, 100%. She's cool. Yeah, uh, I mean, Richard's like my third favorite Moylan. What? Maybe maybe fourth. Wow. You would me... never put Louie in front of me. Dude, it sounds Lou, like Louie's number, number one. one. Yeah, Damn, 100%. Bro. I want Louie on the I pod. I lost respect for you. I Come on, dude. I've heard, I've heard Alex slob Louie's knob fucking multiple times on this pod. It's because he's a he's god a amongst hater. men. It, yeah. How's his jaw? He's got a good jaw? Uh, it's fine. Okay. Uh, at the end of the day, he's probably the most attractive Moylan man. Uh, uncut? Uh, uh, no, no, they're all they're Catholic. Oh yeah, they're all cut. Uh, I mean, they're cut in the sense that they're actually they're just jacked. cut his hair. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, hey, that? shout out. He looks uh, like a different person. Uh, uh, sports clips, super cuts, super cuts, sports clips. Great uh, clips. What was the one in uh, Grand, Grand Rapids that had like Jude's barber por- thought porn on the fucking yeah Jude's barber Jude. thought? That was you, a you weird. You could line. literally go onto the uh, like go online to their website and choose your barber, choose your whore. It was like and they a had whore pictures house. and stuff. Yeah, like, that's I mean, awesome. I mean, <laughs> it would have been awesome if they jerked you off at the end. Like happy ending barbershop, that's the dream. And make it expensive. Like make it empowering. Like if I'm paying two hundred dollars for a cut and tug, City Love is not bad. City Love, what the hell? <laughs> Sounds is that? like a rub and tug, a yo, cut and tug. You yo, get your hair yo, cut and you get tugged. It's, it's, it's pretty badass. You're saying but that the hand job was. I haven't bad. got the hand job yeah. yet, and I'm still working on it. But uh, yeah, she gave me her it. number. <laughs> no, you actually have to convince them to give you a hand job. Uh, no, it's, it's like a books. regular yeah. environment. Right down the street, Nicole over there just cut my hair. Whoa. She's sweet. Are we shouting out the place? What's it Shout called? City Love. City Love. Oh, it's legit. Yeah, she, she hooked me up with a beer. I didn't even have to ask. She's with like, a oh, beer? She did, she did ask. She's like, oh, you want a beer? And I was like, yeah. She gave me a beer. I don't need to. She put what? it on my tab. This is an alcoholic barbershop? Yeah, dude. Do you that rule. How much did you pay? You overpaid. I, I tipped pretty well. I you paid 50 bucks? Bu- uh, yeah. Total? Yo. I think it was. I think the cut was 40. I've only, I've only gotten my hair cut. And at, I did beard, too. At an actual salon once in my life, and I didn't know that you were supposed to pay. Oh, my God. Uh, it, and it was, okay, you, mean you know. tip? Tip, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I obviously sure paid for ass. the cut. No, here's the thing. It was, uh, I, okay, here's the thing. I was raised getting my hair cut by my mom. Yeah, yeah. Like an absolute well, and also, Gomer. also a lot of us don't know this tipping culture prior to, like, coming to the mainland. But, but. To, to my point, I was just never the, the culture existed in my everyday life. I just never experienced it because my hair was constantly cut by my mom to save money, uh, which, you know, she had one haircut that she had on lock and that was it. Uh, but I had long hair because I had gone to college and I was like, it's time for a change. I'll donate it. And the only like it's not like my mom has connections with fucking yeah. locks of lugs. So I had to go to a salon that advertised that they would donate your shit. Uh, and luckily I had a friend that also worked at said salon. So she hooked me up with an appointment, blah, blah, blah. And I get done with it. And at the end of the day, you know, I pay, I pay the, the price for the cut and whatnot. And she tells me like that she tipped for me because I didn't tip. And I was like, Oh my God, I had no idea. Like she felt so bad that I just paid the original <laughs> advertised price that she covered it. Granted, she was like the secretary for the salon. So I get why she, I mean, it was her record. Like she was the she one who brought me in. Yeah. So she was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to cover this dude's tip. But at the end of the day, is this just not like a a, a 
broad example about why tipping is inherently like not what we should be doing. It's there should weird. be a living wage for salon people. Tipping and, is weird. And at the end of the day, the I, the 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 hairstylist that expects the tip wants the tip because it's more than a living wage. The people who live off of tips are usually making this untaxable bank right, right, right. of 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 like fucking. $40 tips every drink they serve or whatever bullshit. Yeah. And they're like, fuck you if you don't tip. And it's like, yeah, but you're getting, you're getting even all, a real, this, all yeah. this money off the books type shit. No. And also it's one of those things that the higher quality and uh, specialized the service, the more like intense the tipping becomes like these high level tattoo artists who you're charging a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars. They're expecting like two fifty on That's top, insane. and then I'm like, insane. and it's something weird because I'm barely capable of paying for the tattoo. I am fucking working overtime to get tatted, and then I'm I'm not tipping. <laughs> you shouldn't, yo. This shit is really hot takes. I don't tip, and I really feel like a flake because I go in there and I'm not acting fake. But for goodness sake. What the fuck is the take? Yo, oh. we need a living wage, uh, in this day and age, uh. 2022. Hey, pay what you do, uh, pay what you owe to this little hoe or this little dude who be waiting on you, bro. How about this? Make a product, give it a price. That'd be nice. I'll pay you and then I'll go home and eat some fucking rice. It obviously worked for Mickey D's, yo. They have it in cities where they're paying like 23 bucks and they haven't raised the prices. Yo, how the fuck am I gonna tip this fucking dude? Another fucking one or two hundred bills. Yeah, that is ludicrous. Yeah, I wanna die. I can't afford this guy. Yo, literally, I'll go. I'll go to the studio. I mean, I haven't gone in a while now, but multiple times I got tatted. And then one day, uh, this friend of ours came came over with his girlfriend who does eyebrows and nails and some shit. And I talked about, and they were talking about getting tatted and how much they were tipping. And I was like, oh, I haven't been tipping. And they were like, what? You have to tip. You like, how are you that? If you don't tip, I'm insulted. And I was like, I mean, the service already cost like $300. Like the service that she was providing was some eyebrow shit. And like, it takes an hour to do some like, like I get it. They, the the standard that I've heard is if I'm touching you, you need to tip me. And I get that. That's the standard. That's what I've heard from people who are in. I I get it to a certain extent. People who are in the industry. And also. um, It seems like they've already calculated that into their price. You said you paid almost $300. Well, no, I didn't for this thing. But like the tattoos, I'm paying $750, $800, $1,000, $1,200. The max I've paid is $1,000. I feel like if it takes less than. If it takes a day and I'm paying you $1,000, that's a come up. Like I, I cannot really excuse paying another two fifty on top right. as a twenty five percent tip. I, and I also, I guess maybe I shouldn't be getting tatted if I can't afford an extra two fifty. I almost like if you're making over twenty five an hour, requesting or expecting a tip is absurd. And these people are making well over that. Well, and here's the other thing. Those, Usually these tipped positions are for underpaid individuals. These people who I, uh, whose studio I went to to get tatted from allowed me to come back and treated me very well and gave me booze. You and say I, allowed you to come back like you did a thing that would permit them to be like, maybe we don't get this guy back well, in the I, studio. I, I worked with multiple artists and 
didn't tip. I, I think I tipped one of them because she was an apprentice and only charged me 200 bucks. And I was like, all right, I'll give her 250. And it took 12 hours. So I, I like, well, I, you did set the precedent that you are willing to tip. So I, I felt know. bad. It was like, it was like 600. I feel like, I feel like that's fine. Cause like tipping is, is something that you, it's gratitude, 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 starring Patton Oswalt. Gratuity. Gratuity. Yeah. It's like generosity. You're giving it to them cause you feel like they, Deserve a little bit more. That's so that's want, exactly you why I'm a sick artist. You have a sick tattoo. You pay a thousand, and it looks bomb. And you know you're gonna get some more. You might want to give them a little bit more because you want to stay on good. Because you're appreciative, right? But, but I mean, that's not with, necessarily with the, saying you the, have to. The a thousand, I was already like, I'm appreciative, but God it's damn, a th- it's like, a worth saying. You no, know, it's already worth are, it. it. It's already worth. It's totally worth it. Yeah, one hundred percent worth it. But like a lot of times people will see my artwork and be like, wow, that's really good. And I was like, it fucking better be for that, for how much I paid. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't forget how much it costs. No. And I, and I truly believe that these artists factor that into their price. Like you, you haven't gotten tattoos from a guy like maybe the, the one that you got from The Apprentice. That makes sense that maybe you tip her. But like at the end of the day, these well-established tattoo artists, they factor that shit into their price. They they've got to be used to not being tipped in that sh- in that sort of yeah I, context. I agree. I agree with that. I think that the 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 how you did it and blah blah blah, like that was your probably your first tattoo with that guy too. You know what I mean? You weren't asking him to go out of his way. Now say you you saw this guy's art and you were like, dude, I need you, and he's like, I'm already booked, and you're like. Can you get me on this date? You set up a date and stuff, and he's doing you a favor, and you're and you're paying him. That that is a situation where you might feel like you need a tip because he's doing coming out of his way to give you what you want. I don't know. You're other, selecting him. The other thing is, I feel like the money that I earned is is not is not more hard earned, but it's more hard suffered. Like. It is, it is technically more hard earned. Like eight hundred, that dude is making money off of being an artist, which and, and is I don't, commendable. And, and I'm not, and that's not to blame him or anything. Well, but I, and you're I, not wrong. I, like, I acknowledge the the difficulties of entrepreneurship and not having insurance and like the hard work that goes into building your brand. Yo, it's so fucking tough being an entrepreneur. Yo, uh, your life could end up in the sewer If you don't walk super hard Oh my god, yeah, it could really go bad Entrepreneurs have to walk through manure Whoa. To get to where they're at to be a good doer yeah. Doer of the shit that they do on the reg The shit that they expect Tips from my friend Yo, tips from my friend And the overhead uh. of this studio uh. And big booty hoes Yeah, I cannot afford to not charge a thousand or a fucking four dollars from this whore. So I factor it into my fucking price, you bitch. I must make sure that it's in on the list that you come in, you get the tattoo friend, and that you're paying and you're leaving. And I feel uh something. All that to be said, Dave. I'm on your side. I don't think you should feel bad whatsoever. I definitely felt like, bad after that conversation. It was with Twist and his fucking girlfriend, and they were over here like making me feel weird. I think they're overachievers. And, and and she also uh, was at a at a point where she. These are people who the audience don't yeah, know. I was, about. I was, I was telling, I was saying it to Richard. Sorry, guys. It, it doesn't matter. I, I would just felt like, like I. They, this, they, this, they, this dude Twist is a heavily tattooed and very suit, attractive individual. Very like, tatted like, and, and got tatted by people who are very skilled and also 
he is far more well off than I am. Like he's well got, off in every sense of the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, in, like uh, the dude is an Adonis amongst men. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he's and it, and to compare yourself to him is a disservice to yourself. <laughs> it's definitely. So, I'm starting to feel bad now. That's that's, that's your <laughs> first. Starting to. The, the, <laughs> that's the inherent flaw in this conversation is that you felt bad by what that guy said. It, it, there eventually came a point where I was like, all right, well, I guess clearly I'm wrong. But then when I got myself out of that context, I I felt that whole like. Uh, server at a bar entitlement like oh my god you didn't fucking tip I was like i you know what i paid for the fucking drink whoever runs this joint should fucking pay you i wouldn't go to a bar and not tip the the girl there but if if i get bottle service and the bottle is three hundred dollars because that's how they roll at those kinds of places i'm not also tipping the waitress you know what i'm saying like when the product, uh, I mean, if you're getting bottle service at that point, you might as well also tip the waitress. Right, but the bottle it, is. It's, spo- a good, it's a good point. It's a good point. If you have money to splurge, go ahead and tip. You didn't have money, so you didn't, right. But you didn't I well then I then by the same no logic, one I saves sh- up for bottle service. I got you. Know you I got mean? you. But I'm saying like the upcharge on bottle service is so clearly absurd that tipping in addition to that is. Like getting bottle service is like a giant tip. Well, no, I mean getting bottle service was invented the exact same time that rap music was invented. It's it's literally a context of a cultural evolution. We're like, all right, people are gonna pay for bottle service. We're gonna make it a yeah, thing. Yeah, people are no. gonna pay to have hot girls bring us a fifty dollar bottle for three hundred instead. I would rather have Fucking, a bar. Sometimes even way more than that. It's, it's crazy. wild. And what's what's absurd to me is thinking, man. I just bought this bottle last week at home for what I know the price legitimately was. <laughs> and now I'm paying this much and it's, they're making it seem like it's for the bottle, but I know that it's not for the bottle. It's so that you can feel like you're a celebrity. No, no. It's so that everybody in this. Yeah. yeah it's so that everybody in this Dude. fucking club knows that I just overpaid for this bottle. Like everybody's like, Look at how much money those people in the corner have. And a lot of time it's not those well, people. It's the one dude. And then the bitches are just hanging out. I've had a bad experience with bottle service. I say <laughs> I say we all get together and start a day bar. Turns into a club that is called The Group. And you can only Sounds like come, a, a no, cult. When you come in, you can't order drinks, but you can order a bottle. You can only order it's bottles. Only bottles. Yeah, it's only bottle service. But you, you have why not group. just call the the it's called the group. It's service. called the group. So you come in there with groups and you enjoy yourself a good time and you just get bottle service. Only bottles. Only I, li- bottles. I like the idea of bottles just calling it bottle service though. Like uh, skip the middleman and just bottles up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rock no, bottles. See, I, I, rock I, bottles is good. Bottle glasses. But then, then we can start. This is the ultimate. It would have to be a place where anything goes, yo. Oh, like, so like sodomy. So that, well, yeah, maybe pedophilia. No, it's more about like you know how when you are at a club and then you see these people that like can afford to get that back room. Oh and you're my like, god! What the fuck is going on in that back room, dude? I've they could see through the glass. They can see everyone dancing and stuff, but no one can see them. Like it's this. I don't know what you're talking I don't know about. about. I don't think You've that's never, a precedent you, for the back room. Is that it you, has a two way mirror? Installed. Dude, my my friend in Waikiki designed one. Okay, but that's like it's that's sick. A specific like club. I'm just saying, there's clubs like that. Like there's and there's multiple, multiple. Uh, what do you call those rooms? You can get sexy time. I rooms. forgot. I forgot what they're called. But <laughs> you just yeah, you, Richard. I did. I did have an experience with a a, a a backdoor club where after like being out with these sketchy people. When I first moved to LA, I met these sketchy people who 
I was doing some sketchy shit with. And one day they picked me up in a Mercedes and they took me to this club with them. And after that club closed down, we drove to a second location in Koreatown and it was a back door. We came into the back door and this dude was like, oh, welcome, whoever. And we pulled up to this room and there was multiple. There was like a giant uh, table in the center with a plate and then a big thing for 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 just bottles. And then they brought bottles. They brought a plate with straws and then girls were walking by. And this dude that I was with was like, you come in here, gave her a hundred bucks. Another girl would come in a hundred bucks. And we just in this room, we're doing cocaine. I was I was robbed and um, there were hot women everywhere. And then at six in the morning, he gave me his keys and was like, we need to go home. Drove home in the car with some girl. As soon as we got back to the apartment, she saw that I was sleeping on a mattress on the ground. And she was like, call me an Uber now. I was like, yes, ma'am. Um, she got an Uber and left. And then I've never been able to find that club ever since. And um, these back rooms exist. Yeah. I drove certainly. a Benz. No, it was a Maserati. I drove a Maserati wasted at 6 a.m. in Koreatown. I should be dead or in jail. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's funny how Texas like there, there there are some like very interesting and uh, objectively cool things about uh, these stories that David tells, but then he sneaks in like we're not going to hear it. The oh yeah, and I was robbed. Oh, but it, uh, <laughs> they, had, it just, they were getting bitches over, and I was, <laughs> and you know, I had bottle service. And, uh, oh yeah, also I was molested because, in the back room. Be, because, but then at the end of the day, like it uh, was a fine. really a really weird thing that happened that night. I I was given six hundred dollars for some shit that I had done, and I spent four hundred of it myself, and then the other two hundred vanished. Like two hundred dollars vanished, and what was funny is that I was I was so lit that I was like, maybe I spent it, maybe I gave it to this whore, and um, one of the chicks that was on me that I felt like the one that ended up coming home with me was being told not to by this other chick, and the whole time I was like, Shut maybe the-. don't, yeah, yeah, and like that feeling, I don't like the look of that, that guy. feeling of your uh, of of this girl's hot friend telling her that no, this guy is gross is super emasculating. The last two beats were I think about the cash flow by True Life and Pedals by Kyoto. That's a good uh, transition. I, I Are those felt, the last two beats? Those are the last two beats. I felt yeah. emasculated when stretch. I went to that comedy store. The when I was cuz like Bill Burr and the guy who headed our event who who closed, uh, Mark Marin. Mark Marin. They were like smoking a cigarette and uh I was talking with a comedian that was on a different stage. And he was just talking to me. He asked me if I was coming. I was like, "No." But uh but I was just and these girls came over, started talking to him. One of them was talking to me. And he was like, yeah, I'm a comedian, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, oh, can I hit your uh, vape? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And we were just, she was flirting with me. And they were flirting, and he, her friend was flirting with the other guy. And then uh, he's like, oh, I got to go back, got to go back up. And she's like, all right, we're going to be out. We're having like a bachelor party, whatever, a bachelorette party. And uh, and then right when he left, the girl turns to me. She's like, so are you a comedian too? And I was like, nah, I'm just out here smoking a smoke break. And she's like, oh, and walks away. Wow. I was like, Whoa. Yeesh, like they don't even give a second thought like this. Uh, you know what? Um, and that is uh, some some groupy love uh, misdirected. She was trying to. Yeah, bro. She was trying to catch some entertainment. <laughs> I thought it was comical. I was like, oh, truly, you thought it was comical? Truly, truly a comedy story. Actually, like, actually not comical. I uh, you know what? Um, I, I have no experience with that. Um, when we used to do uh, dumb ass hookah lounge poetry at one at one point in our lives, because 
Slam poetry was the only stage time that we could get. It's a um, bizarre period. Totally bizarre. Where I, we were I, seriously getting up at public events to yeah, do yeah. slam poetry I, because we thought it would further our rap careers. And I remember just taking, your I, I would take like rap verses and just do them as poems and like it worked out really well because pretty, that's technically pretty, what rap is yeah, <laughs> all the end of the day and pretty the, bloody and dude like i remember just getting off stage and just feeling like the fucking man and the chicks honestly it's better than actual poetry yeah, yeah because yeah. it has the flow and bounce to it so you're over there on stage just rapping and people are like this is actually kind of hot whereas actual slam poetry really kind of sucks dude it i actually is, have it, a friend that does that in hawaii she goes. I went to a few events, and she oh would do God. her. She would do her poetry, what's, but she's a rapper. So, dude, what's insane pretty- is that on multiple occasions, I wrote poems about specific women and invited them to the thing, and like professed my love on stage, and both times it hit. Like both times, I then quote unquote. Yeah, I mean, no, quote unquote. You're a sweetheart I, I, at heart. Both, huh? I, both. I mean, it was so dramatic and emotional. Both times, I ended up like connecting with those people to a degree. And another time, I wrote some dramatic shit about this other girl and showed it to her, and and we made out behind the bar at one point. And sounds then like, she didn't want to be with me. But still, like you got a good thing going, and I don't know why you dismiss it so easily. I, I'm not dismissing it. Uh, I'm just saying, uh, if you write some dramatic shit about a woman that you want to impress, she might, you know, at least let you grow up her tit behind a bar. Ooh. But at the same time, she Ooh. might not necessarily be a quality woman, Dave. And well, that's, yeah. that's that, what your mom would say at this point. You know? <laughs> maybe, maybe you don't pick the first woman that responds positively to your shitty poetry. Seriously, guys, find higher quality women. They're out there if you just keep searching until you die. Honestly, a, a woman who responds to a poem about her, I think, is, is might be weaker in, in, in the long yeah, term yeah, because yeah. she hasn't recognized that it's just as easy to buy a, a bouquet of flowers as it is to write a little uh, one-liner about your about your girl and how beautiful she is. I was so incredibly proud of myself. There was two of them where I was like, this is so well-written and incredible, and if I was her, I would feel so just impressed. Not impressed. I would feel so special because of how, <laughs> like... How unique and, and specific they were. And Well, you know what this is indicative of? It's the fact that I think I, I'm almost positive that this resonates with you, and it certainly resonates with me. Uh, I've written songs for almost all of my ex-girlfriends. Never gotten a song written back for me. How about that, <laughs> no. folks? Yeah. Never once let have me, I gotten anything let me in get return. Le- let me get at least a clever fucking love letter or something. Come yeah, on. I you got, would think. I got a whole book. A book. For, for every- How many words? He's talking, he's talking about the Bible. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> You're talking about your relationship uh, with Christ? <laughs> no. My girlfriend at the time was gone for about a month or so. Like she, drunk? No, she. So she wrote. She wrote a journal for every day, a message to me. Wow! Oh my God, Richard, that woman was obsessed. Is she in a Not mental all, hospital now? No. She, now she's happily married. Actually. Happily oh married. My God. <laughs> the one that got away. No, she definitely no, no. got away. It was very sweet, and I, I see it. I still see it as a very, very sweet gesture. Well. And, I wasn't romantically attached nearly as much, which made me feel bad at the time. I mean, good for her. She got out. She got away. Believe us, we uh, were stuck with this one. 
uh, rate and subscribe and like the podcast. Please share it with a friend of Please yours. Um, and we, have, we appreciate all of our listeners, the ones in, in Germany in the Russian Federation in, 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 in Portugal, in Portugal. I think I saw some people in Ireland. Um, and just, we need the, just a little bit of the algorithm triggering. Um, uh, do you guys have anything you want to, you want to let the people know? How about, uh, some last words? Uh, as much as I want to say last words, Merry Christmas, y'all. Uh, it's day after Christmas and happy Yule. Keep following.